Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest, Sylvie O'Connor, who's a very special lady because she has overcome some of the major problems in life, namely poverty, loneliness, and stagnation in a job she hated. And she decided at the age of 55 to become her own boss. She now has a master's degree in administration and makes her living as a motivational speaker, helping others to fearlessly move on to their next chapters. Welcome, Sylvia. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Tell me about your story. Well, I grew up in Alexandria, Louisiana. I grew up in poverty. However, I never had a poverty mindset. I always knew that I would be successful. I never lost hope. So I moved to Detroit, Michigan to seek a better life. And I went from poverty to prosperity. I never lost hope. I kept the faith and I asked for help. My aunt was willing to help me. And here I am today. Now, how is it that some people lose all help and and really stay in those situations and people like you never lose those hopes and keep on going? You have to keep the faith. One thing I did, I became educated. I graduated from college. I always knew that I wanted to get a college degree. It wasn't always easy, but I kept going after it despite all of the obstacles. And I finished my bachelor's degree and my master's degree. Now, you did that in later years. So how difficult was that? It was difficult because I, with my master's degree, I was working full time and a part time job. But again, it's just knowing in life that you want more. And I was able to overcome it despite all of the obstacles, some setbacks. I lost my grandmother during that time and later my mom. But I just kept moving forward. Yeah, that is difficult. And both of those are cataclysmic changes for people. When you live, when you lose some of your dear loved ones, it's very, very difficult to move on from that. But still, you were able to get your degrees. You were able to do that. You were able to move out of a job that you hated. How difficult was that? I mean, the the thing about working in a job, you know what it's like. Even though you hate it, it's still there every day. You know what it's going to bring and what it's not going to bring. But the unknown is often very difficult. Well, everyone was talking about the great resignation. I use this as a time to call it a great revelation. 
I had hit a plateau at the job. I really wasn't moving up. And I just decided to pursue my passion. I always love helping people. I like to talk. So I just made a decision to give my resignation. And it wasn't as bad as it seemed. I left the door open and they told me if I ever wanted to come back, I let them know that it was nothing personal. I was just pursuing my dreams. And that was to further help others being a motivational speaker. That's cool. Now, you also did something different with your life. And that is at the age of 55, you found the love of your life. Yes, I did. So it's never too late to find love or pursue any dream that you're going after. I met my husband after I moved back to Louisiana, after living in Michigan for 30 years. We were both volunteering at the church and he asked someone about me. He asked if I, what type person I was. And his brother said, well, I really don't know her. She seemed to be a nice person. And we started talking and as they say, the rest is history. Yeah, that's cool. That's really interesting to see how that can turn about and how that can change as well. I I think this is the story of uh, that, you know, if you persist at what you like, if you persist at things, it doesn't matter if it may not come as soon as you want it to, but it certainly comes for those who are persistent. Yes, I always knew that I wanted to be married And as you stated, it may not have came when I wanted it, but it did come. So what advice do you have for people who are deferring their life dreams? What do you tell them about that situation? Well, I think of the poem by Langston Hughes. He asked the question, what happens when a dream is deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? Well, there's never a perfect time to go after your dreams. You just have to do it. I could have been much further ahead if I decided to resign earlier, but I did not because of fear. So just don't be afraid. You never know what's on the other side of moving on. And you just have to go for it. I I think that's important. I think the word fear is an acronym that stands for false expectations appearing real. So we create in our mind fears that really do not exist. We create in our minds the difficulties that are there. Fears are something that we make uh, out of nothing. And, and we make them so big and so crazy. It, it's not realistic to have those fears and to have those fears in a situation because 95% of what we fear never become true. And and the four or 5% do come true. They're not as great as what you think they are. So we blow things out of perspective and make them very difficult. That is true. That is true. And so what do you tell your audiences about fear? What do you tell your audiences about getting on to the next level? I'll give you a story about driving. I didn't start driving until I was in my early 20s. 
I failed my driver's test twice. On the third try, I was thinking, okay, what did I do wrong the first two times? And so I thought about it. I had to deal with fear. I was I took the test on a day that it was snowing in Michigan. I'm thinking it's slick out there. I could have an accident. And I just kind of let that frighten me. And so I did made a couple of mistakes and I made the route back to the driver's place. And she told me I did not pass. So on the third time, I changed my attitude. I'm thinking, I don't care how difficult this is. I will get my driver's license. So we went the route again, and she had me to take a right at the corner. Well, the previous time, I got in the wrong turning lane, just being afraid. So this third time, I was able to do it correctly. I was a lot calmer. And when I went back to the driver's education place, she got out of the car and she said, congratulations. I was so excited. But before that, I kind of just let fear take over me because of what happened in the past. So you can't think about, okay, you failed the previous time. You just have to stay positive. Uh, Don't worry about rejection. Don't worry about someone going to say, oh, this is the third time. You just have to keep at it. Because again, that's the way to come, overcome fear to deal with it. Yeah, and I, I think that's true. I, I think we shouldn't let our our fears determine where we're going. I, I think that's something that is um, a negative thing. Now, I think another thing that's positive, and there's two things in life. We either have love or we have fear. And I think love is one of the greatest things that we have as well. And can you extrapolate on that maybe in your relationship and how you've grown in love over the years? Well, one thing with love, uh, getting married late, it was easy to be selfish. You know, I love myself, always thought about me. Like I have to take care of me. But once I got married, the whole uh, concept of love changed. It was someone else that I had to think about. And one thing in getting married, I told my husband, I said, you know what? If you don't give up on me, I won't give up on you. So we've been married almost five years. So love is a positive emotion. Uh, You can't just think about yourself and You have to love people despite what, you know, we all have differences and we just can't give up on people, can't give up on love. Now, part of love is serving others. So tell us a little bit about how you serve others and how you make that part of your day. I love serving others. As a child growing up in poverty, I know I knew that the only way I had a meal sometimes was someone served us. We had a grocery store in the area. They would let my mother get food on credit because we didn't have anything. And we had to wait until she would get her check. My father was sick and he wasn't able to work a lot. So also the doll and toy fund was one organization that I give back to because they served us. When I was a kid, they always provided a toy for me and my younger sister. 
So I enjoy serving others. It's always good to pay back because you're in a position to do that now. Yeah, and I think one of the things that we underestimate is the power of gratitude. Can you extrapolate on your on your thoughts on gratitude? We have so much to be grateful for. Sometimes we can always concentrate on the negative. As much as I uh, did not like the job, now that I quit, quit the job, I think about now that I was grateful to have worked in healthcare for over 30 years because I had some bad times in the job and also some good times. So I was grateful to be employed during the pandemic and quit on my own terms. Yeah, the pandemic was a very reawakening for a lot of the world. Uh, I think people have changed a lot of their attitudes and their mentality because of the pandemic. How has that changed you? Again, it's given me a lot to be thankful for, not only the pandemic, but in Louisiana, we have a lot of storms going on in life. So despite the pandemic and the storms, I am still here, um, still have a home, um, still doing well. So that's back to gratitude. So much to be thankful for. And those that are less fortunate, I spend time donating my finances to them because some people are not as fortunate and the pandemic hit them pretty hard. So those of us that it didn't affect as much, we have so much to be grateful for. And I like to, you know, continue to serve those people to be a blessing in whatever way I can. Now, if you could meet a younger version of yourself on the street, what advice would you give that person? I would tell them to just be patient. You never know what the future holds for you. Uh, Growing up poor, like I stated, I never lost hope. I knew one day that I would be in a position to help others. And I am. Um, I was a former whistleblower that I did the right thing, but it could have cost me my career because I could have got some repercussions or not able to keep a job, but it was the right thing to do. But also, I want a nice financial reward, which put me in a position to help others and to pursue my dreams of becoming a motivational speaker. That must have been very difficult for you to stick to your guns when uh, a person, when you were a whistleblower and bringing something that was nasty to the forefront. It was difficult, but like I say, it was the right thing to do. So I would tell people, always do the right thing. You never know where your reward may be. That was mine, but you can be rewarded any time in life, I think, when you choose to do the right thing. Well, that's interesting, and I I think that's important. Do you read a lot? Yes, I do read. I love reading books, especially encouraging books, Uh, something that can uplift me, something that I can learn from. You know, um, if I made a mistake in life, I like to read something positive that you can turn it around. You don't have to dwell on 
what happened in the past. Sometimes I feel bad about not having things when I was a young kid, but now, as I stated, I'm in a position to help others, and that makes me feel great. That's cool. Is there a particular book that comes to mind that you think everybody should read? Well, yes. The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life. That's on one of my favorite lists. Isn't that nice of you to say so? And I'm glad that we were able to write a book that's helped so many people. You know, it was a book that I I and my co-author Harriet wrote as a result of of some life difficulties. And to us, it's proof positive that it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And that's a message I would think everybody should take home with them every day of every life, because uh, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And that is so true. So I like to stay encouraged and try to just live a wonderful life because things could have been much worse. Yes. And, and, you know, it's hard to see that when you're down. It's hard to see that when you're in the dumps. It's hard to see that when you're in the valleys of life. But, you know, it's those valleys of life, the times that we're really are down, that make us understand the peaks of things in our lives. And it helps us to see how wonderful life can be. Uh, those depths of despair help us to see the mountains of exaltation. We can't have one without the other. Yes, that is true. And, and so I think that's one of the things that we've been given so miraculously is we have been given trials and tribulations because that makes us stronger. That makes us better. That makes us a more wonderful people. And without those trials and tribulations, we would never be where we're at. And that is true. So I, I think that that is something that I think our listeners should pay attention to. And another thing I think they should take attention to is they shouldn't take themselves so seriously and they should laugh sometimes. What do you think about that? I think that's true. I was just thinking today uh, we were a little delayed and I was like, oh, I was all prepared. And life is about adjusting. We have to make adjustments in life. Nothing goes as planned. So you have to be willing to make adjustments. Oh, yeah. You got to be really and you got to laugh at the small things because that's all they are is small things. You know, we were we were having technical difficulties signing on. And I was saying, geez, this is always a nuisance. But guess what? No one died. No one had any major difficulties. So what the heck? We'll get through it as we always do. Yes. And that's life. You're going to have your bumps and bruises, but we'll get through it. That's definitely true. And I think we got to know those bumps and bruises. And we should welcome those bumps and bruises because those bumps and bruises make us stronger for the people that we are. Yes, it does. So, Sylvia O'Connor, how do you live a fantastic life? I live a fantastic life by living life on my own terms knowing when and how to move on. I've been in healthcare for over 30 years, but I got to a point that I was just no longer happy there. And so I made a decision to move on. 
I did it in the right way. I gave them a notice and it turned out to be something positive. They welcomed me back. I left the door open, but I knew it was time to move on. So you have to know when and how to move on in life. Yeah, that's huge. And I I think you need to know that sometimes things come to an end. And even though you've been in it for a long time, it's something that you need to move on. But you know, when one door closes, another door always opens. You just have to look for it. And that is true. And I'm thankful for the new door that has opened. I'm thankful to be here today. And this is my first podcast. I'm excited. It's an exciting time, the podcast world, and I've enjoyed it from the moment that I've started it. I'm now a veteran of several hundred podcasts. In fact, my podcast is not just a podcast. It's a syndicated radio show now. So it occurs on a syndicated network 12 times a week. So in a given month, we have over 3 million listeners to it. So that's the amazing things, how things grow Sylvia, when people are loving what they're hearing. Yes. So I'm so glad that I was able to put the seeds out there for things to grow to such an extent that people uh, can listen and learn about a new life and take their life to another level. And as you stated, when you come on, uh, help people to move out of their comfort zone. I was very comfortable at that job, but unhappy So I moved out of my comfort zone. And anytime you move out of your comfort zone, it may not be easy, but the end result will work. It would always work out. You know, I think life starts at the edge of the comfort zone, Sylvia. I I think that's so important that that is truly where life is. If you push yourself to the edge of your comfort zone, that's where your life takes on new meaning and takes on a different way uh, of of finding new meaning and taking things to the next level. Yes, it does. And so how do you recommend others get to that level? What sorts of advice would you give them? What sorts of advice would you help push them along to get to that next level? I would tell them to be persistent. Never give up. When I first went to college, I did not have the money, but I let it be known to my aunt that I didn't have money to go to college and she borrowed some money from someone. So if you don't give up, let people know if you need help, you never know when someone would help you. And also always do the right thing. You never know how you'll be rewarded and desire to do more. I always wanted more. I ran into one of my colleagues after I graduated from college, and we talked about our debt. We both had debt, but I had something to show for mine. But just never give up. Your dreams may be delayed a little bit, but just keep working at them to get what you want, and you will be successful. So that's what I would have tell people. Never give up. Nothing is easy. Anything worth having is worth working for. For sure. You know, I think people don't realize that work is there for a reason and persistence is there for a reason. And that's why it's important you move forward. 
Now, Sylvia, have you written a book on these things? I have a book that's coming out at targeted date, January 2023. And it's entitled, or I'm still working on the title, but it's Steps of Moving On to a More Successful Life. Well, that's a beautiful title, and I encourage you to do that, and I encourage you to keep working on it. You know, some of my books have taken years to write. You know, the book I wrote, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, took several years. It took six years in all to write. But, you know, I I think a good book has its own time frame. And you should never put a deadline on writing a book. It should come out when you feel it's ready, not before that time. And, And that's the important thing. But, you know, sometimes I've written a book in a matter of weeks as well. So each book has its own time frame that has that will give it a new meaning. So just work at it and be persistent. Thank you. I appreciate that. I I think that's a very important thing. So, Sylvia, how can people get in touch with you if they'd like to? Sylvia-O'Connor.com. That's that's pretty easy to find. Sylvia-O'Connor.com. Yes. And I'm sure you should probably check her out, check out what she's doing, check out some of the interesting things she's doing in her life. And if you need some help with coaching, please check me out. Dr. Alan Leica, that's D-R-A-L-L-E-N, Leica, L-Y-C-K-A.com. I've got some wonderful things that I can help you with along the way as well because of my life experiences. Bye for now. Have a fantastic day. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.